The following podcast contains explicit language. This is the first real victory, however temporary, for the resistance. Come on, you're the commander-in-chief. You can't be disappointed with the outcome of a federal case and say, well, the so-called judge. Any negative polls are fake news. You got that? Hello and welcome to Trumpcast, the show about the man whose idea of transparency is managing a foreign policy crisis from a public dining room, Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. On today's program, it's the new reality show, Keeping Up with the Kleptocrians. This week, they're facing some setbacks. Melania may have lost her once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to, and I quote, launch a broad-based commercial brand in multiple product categories. According to a libel suit she refiled last week against the Daily Mail, that opportunity has suffered because of an untrue story the British tabloid published about her. Because of scurrilous accusations, which the paper has retracted, Melania may miss her chance to, quote, garner multi-million dollar business relationships for a multi-year term during which the plaintiff is one of the most photographed women in the world. Melania's missing opportunities, Ivanka's losing accessory sales, and the Trump boys, Donald Jr. and Eric, are running a hotel and real estate business saddled with the most controversial name imaginable. How is his family supposed to cash in on a presidency with conflicts of interest working against them? I'll be back to speak to Eric Lipton, author of a story in today's New York Times about the Trump boys and the Trump brand, right after we do the tweets. I am reading that the Great Border Wall will cost more than the government originally thought, but I have not gotten involved in the design or negotiations yet. When I do... Just like the F-35 fighter jet or the Air Force One program, prices will come way down. I am so proud of my daughter, Ivanka, to be abused and treated so badly by the media and to still hold her head so high is truly wonderful. The crackdown on illegal criminals is merely the keeping of my campaign promise. Gang members, drug dealers, and others are being removed. While on fake news, CNN, Bernie Sanders was cut off for using the term fake news to describe the network. They said technical difficulties. Just leaving Florida, big crowd of enthusiastic supporters lining the road that the fake news media refuses to mention. Very dishonest. I know Mark Cuban well. He backed me big time, but I wasn't interested in taking all of his calls. He's not smart enough to run for president. My guest today is New York Times reporter Eric Lipton. He wrote the story in today's paper with Suzanne Craig entitled Piloting an Empire Through a Tempest, the President's Son's Work to Expand Brand Amid Ethical Qualms. 
Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you. Tell me first a little bit about how much we know about this business. I mean, it's not a public company. What are the basic numbers? How big is this company? How much are they worth? How much business do they do? Well, it's a privately held company, and we don't have uh, President Trump's tax returns, so we don't have complete visibility into what his incomes from the company is. We do have a financial disclosure report that gives us visibility into the different you know, limited liability entities and other corporate entities that he controls. And so we know that there are, you know, approximately 500 different entities that he is an officer or has been an officer in it or that has beneficial ownership of and that it is reaches across the globe. But we don't know exactly how wealthy he is or ultimately how much he is earning or losing because we don't have his his income tax returns. Right. Now, a crucial question people have tried to focus on is, is how much debt Trump's companies have and who holds the debt, who they owe money to. What do we really know about that at this point? Again, the uh, financial disclosure report that was filed as a candidate for president does give some visibility into that. There are hundreds of millions of dollars worth of debt that are detailed there, but it is not all of the debt because it's only debt that he more directly controlled or controls himself. I mean, Deutsche Bank, we know, for example, is one of his, his biggest lenders. And I mean, everything from the Bank of China itself is, is a, a lender to one of the projects that he's an investor in. So we do not have complete visibility into who he owes money to, but we have some of it from the financial disclosure report that was filed last year. And there was also one in 2015. What's your view of whether Russian investors are lenders or, or invest in his businesses? There'd been a quote from Eric, I think, going back a few years saying the Russians were their biggest investors. And then Trump himself has said they have no Russian investors. This is something I did talk about with Eric Trump and, and Don Jr. I forget which of the two actually made the remark. But I mean, when you sell through um, condo developments to high-priced units, you have a lot of foreign buyers. And you those buyers may be from Latin America, particularly if, it, if the facilities in Miami or in New York City, you know, you'll have from Russia. And I think that that was the intention of the remark that he said that he made was that, that they have a lot of buyers who come from Russian backgrounds. And, and that's because that's there's a lot of foreign wealth, particularly before oil prices dropped, of people that are trying to put their cash into stable real estate investments in which they're protected from perhaps being seized if they keep the money in a country like Russia where their money could be seized. So that that's his explanation as to what he meant by that, that they, that they have a lot of foreign investors in their luxury properties. Because when you put a luxury property on the marketplace in the United States, you often have affluent foreign buyers. So what, what are these sons like, Donald Jr. and Eric? I mean, how do they divide the labor? How do they relate to each other? What's your, your sense of them as, as people? Well, I mean, they, they both have worked there. Don Jr., who's older, has been working in the Trump Organization since about 2001, I think it is. And, and Eric has been there since approximately 2008. Their offices are literally physically quite close to each other. Ivanka's office is in between, and it's not currently occupied, although all of her stuff is still there. And um, Don Jr. works more on the commercial office buildings in terms of leasing. Uh, and, and then Eric works more or on construction issues relating to their new projects. They seem to be, you know, to work quite well together. Um, you know, you have family businesses where there can be a lot of tension. My impression is that they, they have a pretty good working relationship. And 
And I, I also did get the sense that, you know, given that they've worked at the company for so long, that they um, they know what they're doing. I mean, their dad was, in fact, not present much of the last two years because he was on the campaign. So they, they seem to have a pretty good handle on what's required to run the business. In addition to that, they have a bunch of professional long-term uh, managers working alongside them. That So it's not as if they're literally running the company entirely on their own. There's a, a lot of, you know, well-experienced people that are there at their side. So Trump still owns the business, even if the sons are managing it, and even if they're true to their word that they're not going to tell him in detail what's what's going on. But what's to ensure that Trump won't profit from his own decisions as president? Oh, nothing. I mean, he is the beneficial owner of these companies, and he will, I mean, if he potentially could and, and will profit from his decisions. I mean, you know, simple, this past weekend, for example, he visited two of his golf courses. He stayed at the Mar-a-Lago. I mean, his presence there alone brought probably more attention to those facilities globally. You know, the three trips that he's taken there recently, dating back to the holidays and then the two most recent trips, how can you get better global uh, advertising and branding for a golf course and a, a small private resort club, uh, you know, in Florida? Uh, so that's, you know, going to make those places even more coveted in terms of joining them. And legally, he can and presumably will profit from this attention that he's bringing to his to his facilities. Although, on the other hand, you know, you sort of I wondered and I asked Eric and Don Jr. this question as to whether or not all of the protest and anger that is, exists among a certain section of the population of the United States is that actually hurting their business in certain places. The answer was that that they gave us, and there's no way to really confirm it, is that is that overall their their, their occupancy is um, somewhat better than it had been last year at this time, and so that they are sort of moving along according to their projections. What other evidence is there about whether the Trump name is a liability to some of the business? I mean, obviously, it, it has been to Ivanka's clothing and accessories business, but there are surely people, I'm one of them, who wouldn't stay in a Trump hotel because of the name on the on the marquee. Yeah, no, it's uh, I, it's something that I want to know more about. The presumption in the media that we've had is that this is going to be an opportunity for the family to profit. But, you know, in fact, both of the sons quite intensely re- reject that assertion. And they, in fact, believe that this the presidency is rep- going to represent a, a major loss in, in returns for Trump organization, not only because of the approximately $80 million that he invested although some of it was paid back to himself in the presidential election, but because of all the international deals, dozens of them, and I, I guess, I mean, I, I know of at least approximately a dozen that, that myself that were stopped that they are walking away from, and these are mostly branded deals, so they would get paid essentially a commission and a fee in order to use the name and then help manage those properties. So, I mean, it, it's at this moment right now, it's sort of hard to know whether or not this is something that they are truly cashing in on or something that they is coming at a cost financially to the enterprise and to the family. And what about the, there was a uh, issue the other uh, night when they were at the White House for for the uh, rollout of Neil Gorsuch, Trump's Supreme Court nominee. They're the ones running the business. They're not supposed to be engaged in advising him politically, but they're there in the picture. And there are a lot of other people who are there at the White House who might be potential business partners of theirs. Right. I mean, I did ask them about that, and they said, and again, I have no reason not to believe them, but they said that they were in Washington to visit the old post office building where the, the Trump International Hotel opened late last year. 
and they were in town and their the Supreme Court announcement was happening that day. They you know, were invited and decided to go over and they attended it. They did not know who the nominee was going to be until, you know, minutes before the announcement was made. And they saw this as an historic moment. They were in town and they went to go visit and they did not participate in it in any official capacity, but were sort of there as, as guests. I mean, I, when I saw those photos as well, I, I you know, my, my initial reaction was to say, well, I thought there, were, there was just going to be this, this wall between them and the White House. But you know, they are the son of the president. They have the right to go visit him as long as they are not there to discuss or, or while they're present, discussing with anyone in the administration, business matters or asking for any special consideration. I mean, it's, you know, it's something that they, they're getting, re- every time they move, they're getting reaction. I mean, they went to the, uh, Eric went to the, to the Dominican Republic and he also went to Uruguay. And I mean, every trip he takes now, there are stories that are being written to say, well, is that a new deal or what's the cost of the Secret Service to go along with you on those trips? And they're, they're in the spotlight and they will be in the spotlight indefinitely. They sort of take the position that because they are, they intend to be honest, conflict of interest isn't a problem. But the thing about conflict of interest is it's an incentive. It has an effect on your behavior without you intending necessarily to take advantage of it. And the big challenge is whether or not there are people that are trying to influence the president that do things for the Trump org, even in the United States on the domestic hotel deals, in an effort to try to send a signal to the president, uh, even if the family has not asked for it, and therefore they get special consideration or benefits. You know, does that happen in their overseas projects? Does it happen in projects and, you know, as they pursue a new hotel brand in the United States? It's something that you, you have to wonder. And A, if they were to ask for special consideration, which they assert that they're not going to, and, and until we have evidence of otherwise, we have to believe them, but although we'll be watching closely. and Or B, even if they don't ask for it, is it being given to them because people see it as a way potentially to to send the signal to the president? And, and that, that either of those is worrisome. Where do you think the conflict of interest story goes from here? I mean, Trump has seemed it seems that he's done what he's going to do to separate himself from his business, which is very little. And the sons are are doing what they're going to do. I mean, where's where's the story go now? Is that is it is it up to Congress to try to apply a more rigid standard in terms of conflict of interest? Yeah, I doubt anything's going to happen with Congress. I mean, there's no incentive for the Republicans to take this up in a serious way. Um, and so I doubt that they will, even though the Democrats can write as many letters and, you know, as they want and hold as many press conferences, you know, and then there's, there's litigation that's pending in federal court in the Southern district in New York that alleges that Trump is violating the Emoluments Act of the constitution by accepting payments at his businesses from foreign players, or even by having, for example, um, uh, you know, the Bank of China as a tenant at Trump Tower. That lawsuit, you know, we'll see what happens with it. It's Some people question whether or not the nonprofit group that filed it has proper standing, but there will be litigation on that issue of the emoluments, and we'll have to see just how it progresses. As a reporter who was uh, inherently anti-corruption, did you feel better or worse after talking to Don and Eric for the story? I'm a person that, that is willing to take people at their word, and um, they, they seem like decent people from my impression of them and who 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 want to help run a, their a business that their father created and, and in a way that that continues to allow it to grow and, and but without making their father vulnerable because of actions that they take that might be questioned Eric the next time someone tells me that Donald Trump get, can't get a fair shake from the New York Times I'm going to point them to you okay sure I mean I I you know fairness is very important to me I'm you know I, I uh, 
I write a lot of pretty aggressive stories, but I'm, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm only going to write as aggressively as the facts, you know, merit. And the next thing we'll do is to watch what they do very closely. And we'll be ready to write stories about them succeeding at meeting their goals or, or failing to meet them. But we'll, we'll certainly be there writing those stories. I've been speaking to Eric Lipton of the New York Times. He wrote about Donald Jr. and Eric Trump in today's New York Times. Eric, thanks for speaking to me. Thank you. That's it for today's show. Trumpcast is produced by Jason DeLeon. Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of Slate Podcast. Andy Bowers is our chief content officer. And John Domenico is our voice of Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast. I find it very sad and disheartening what Ivanka has been through. And it's terrible what Nordstrom's is doing to Ivanka. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Ivanka's line is their biggest selling line in history. They've made tons of money off my daughter. But now... It's time for me to get back at them. I am going to buy them and rename it Nord's Trump and put them out of business like I've done with so many of my companies and casinos.